0: Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years, whatever this next season of life brings. This podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, I'm Jenny Gwen, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. This week, we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics, Medjugorje. If you have listened to many of my shows, then you know that I have a Medjugorje heart. Each time I go, I come back, and my faith has grown, and leaps and bounds, and um, it's just such an amazing experience to go on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. And with me today to have a conversation is Michelle Kontich. Uh, Michelle and I recently met at a class at church. And during the class, Michelle shared that she was leaving for a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. I was so excited for her and couldn't wait for her to return and hear all about her experience and what was revealed to her, and what the Lord did for her in that pilgrimage. And so I asked Michelle to come on so we could talk about Medjugorje and her experience. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes. Yeah. So let's just talk about what led you to go to Medjugorje in the first place. Well, it's interesting, but I was in a difficult season
1: here in my life, and I was just looking for some inspirational books to read just to lift myself up and out of this place. And one of the books that I came across was called The Warning by Christine Watkins, mm-hmm. The Illumination of Conscience. And I read that and I thought, wow. and in that book, she had mentioned Majibori. and I had never, never heard of it. And then that led me to another book, uh, Men and Mary. And again, I heard, That name Midjupori. And that book led me to My Heart Will Triumph, Um, which is just a beautiful book. And that author is Mariana Soldo, who happens to be one of the six visionaries that Mary came to over in Midjupori. Yeah.
0: So don't you love how, because I've been on a similar journey where I picked up a book at the beginning of the summer, and that one book opened up doors to another book, which opened up doors to retreats and conferences. I love how God can use— First of all, He listens to our desires. He listens to what we're praying for. And from that, He led you from book to book into this beautiful experience. Yes.
1: And the book was so— Beautiful and so peaceful. And it was just what I needed right now in my life. And I had actually never heard of these apparitions happening for all these years. I could not believe that they've been happening since 1981 in the same place. And here it is, 2023, and I had never heard of it. Um, And so I thought, oh, my goodness, that Mary is coming here on Earth. You have to go and be a part of that. And I just wanted to be a part of it. And so I started the book beginning of July. And then by um, the end of September, October, the beginning of October, I was there um, with my daughter. And it was a beautiful trip.
0: Wow. It's an example of God opening doors, right? He just sees the desires of your heart and opens the doors to make things happen. And I've always heard that the Blessed Mother calls you, You know, like you just have this knowing. I don't know if you'll experience that. You just know you're supposed to go. You know that she's calling you to Medjugorje. And one of the things that I love, and I think it's something that people misunderstand, is it's not about the Blessed Mother, right? It's about her leading us closer to her son. So even though she is appearing, God has sent her with the messages, everything that she shares— All of Metaglory is about growing closer in your relationship with Christ. Yes, yes, and that is that is the beautiful thing. And
1: I know when I was reading, I think in the first book that I mentioned, that um, one of the people in the um, in the dialogue was talking about how they didn't want to get in trouble for praying to Mary. And I think a lot of our Protestant friends sometimes feel that way because. You should not worship anyone but God, but we are praying to Mary to intercede on our behalf to Jesus, and she is His intercessor for
0: us. Absolutely. I always explain that what better role model than the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially for those of us who are mothers and wives to have this example of somebody who completely surrendered to God's will for her life, who— was open to allowing the Holy Spirit to work through her life and who brought Jesus into the world. And so we can follow in her footsteps doing all of those. And as moms, as women, you know, I always like to say that one of my goals is to help women encounter Christ in a profound way to be healed and transformed by his love so that then they can go and magnify Christ in their little corner of the world. That is what Mary did. That is what she continues to do to help us encounter her son, to be healed and transformed. So when you leave Medjugorje, or even if you don't go to Medjugorje, through praying the rosary and meditating on the mysteries and growing closer to Christ, that through that, you're going to go out and magnify him in your families, in your marriage, in your workplace, um, in, in your community. Well,
1: and reading the book, My Heart Will Triumph, was just such a beautiful experience. And I think if I hadn't ever gotten to go there, still having read the book about it and learning more about the apparitions was such a peaceful, beautiful feeling. And it was really Mary calling us to love. And wow. that's out of all of these experiences, that she wants us to love as she loves, that she wants us to help heal each other just by loving each other and accepting each other, and that we are not out there to convert people that don't want to be converted, but just to love them and to accept them and to pray for conversion of hearts. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I feel called to just love, to just love. Other people I encounter in my life, I pray to God to make my heart like His, to make my heart like Mary, to see people through the lens of Jesus, to see people through the lens of Mary, so that I can just love and embrace them as they would.
0: Absolutely. I truly believe when we get to the end of our life and we come face to face with God, He's not going to ask us, what did you accomplish? What did you accumulate in your life? He's going to ask us, how did you love?
1: Yes, yes. And one of the things that came to me after I came back from there was Jesus' words, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it just kind of hit me in a different way that the devil is out there, and he is working hard. But Jesus says, just follow me, and I will give you rest. Just follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it made me think here on earth that we're like in devil's playground and there's a maze going on here. But if we just stick to what Jesus is calling us to do, He won't stop the suffering, but He will walk us through it and He will help us manage our lives and that we can be full of happiness and peace if we just follow through that. And I think Mary's apparitions, what she did was she gave the pilgrims the five stones, and my way of seeing this is that she's calling people to Jesus to understand Him as the way, the truth, and the life, if you follow these five stones. And one of the ones that I hadn't done for years and years and years was confession. And that is just a terrifying thing for me and maybe for a lot of people. And I remember going to confession when I was— eighth grade and making those confessions and not feeling good about it, but really feeling just overwhelmed when you have to put out what you have done and share all those bad things, all the sin that's in your heart and in your mind and in your actions. But going to confession, she calls us to go monthly, which I just couldn't imagine. So I tried to start doing that. And I think, Since I've read this book in July, I've probably been to confession eight or nine times by now. And it gets easier. And I will tell you, one of the things that was really, really hard was that examination of conscience. Mm. And spent a lot of time on that. And actually, what I did was I I pulled up my notes app in my iPhone and just started making a list of things that came to me for days and days and days. And I prayed about it and just really wanted to be sure that I was getting everything that I could possibly think of. And then once I had a good list, I went to confession. And I went through that list, and it was so painful, and it was so hard. And the priest was so loving and caring and forgiving and gave great advice. The next week, I wanted to go back to confession again. Not that my sins weren't forgiven, but— There's always things and opportunities coming at me that I will sin, And so going back into confession again, it was a much lighter load, and it was so much easier, and it wasn't as long of a list. And so just continuing that process over time, I just want to have that pure
0: heart so that I
1: can love like Jesus and Mary.
0: Absolutely. Through confession, you come to understand it's such a beautiful sacrament that we can overlook because looking at your faults and looking at your sins and all the ways that you fall short, we tend to beat ourselves up. But that's not what the sacrament is about. It's a sacrament of healing. It's a sacrament where Christ wants to restore us. And you're you're so right, when you go to confession, It's like this load is lifted off of you. And it's when you walk out of the confessional for me, sometimes I haven't realized how much I was weighted down by those sins or those, you know, those habits that weren't in, weren't aligned with God. And so I love, I was shocked the first time I went to Medjugorje. You know, it's the confession capital of the world and the fruits that come out of confession are amazing. It was just amazing to see the amount of priests who were eager um, to offer confession, and the amount of people who stood in line and waited and waited so that they could go to confession.
1: That was one of the most beautiful things about Medjugorje is that there were so many people wanting to do all of it. They wanted to experience confession. They wanted to experience the Holy Mass. The church was so full, there was no room for for anybody else to squeeze into it. Every aisle was full, every inch of space was full. And people would just kneel on the tile and offer their hearts to Jesus and celebrate the Mass with them. The faith that was there, hearing all the pilgrims pray the rosary, which is another one of the five stones, as is the Holy Mass, but hearing them all pray it in their native languages— And knowing that here we were all worshiping the same God and praying to Mary to intercede on our behalf in whatever language
0: was our home language, it was a beautiful, beautiful vision. I love hearing all of the different languages. I get chills thinking about that now. Yes, and that was great. And I will tell
1: you, the last night that we were there, we happened to be there for an apparition. Mm -hmm. Um, that was amazing. And there were so many people there. I mean, I wanted to say thousands of people on Apparition Hill and they were all praying in their languages. And so just like you said, you just heard the rosary in all of these different languages. And then everybody was trying to come together to say it together, which was beautiful as well. And some of us couldn't, couldn't quite get there, but we were all still trying, which I do believe is one of the things that we are called to do, because we're always going to come up short. But we just need to keep on trying. I have the prayer that Mary prayed over us that night at the apparition. And it was just so beautiful. And I'd like to share it with you. Absolutely. She said, Dear priests and dear friends of Christ, also today, I desire to briefly describe tonight's meeting together with Our Lady. Also today, Our Lady came to us joyful and happy and she greeted all of us with her motherly greeting. Praised be Jesus, my dear children. Then Our Lady raised her gaze over all of us, and with her arms extended, she prayed over all of us. She prayed especially over you, the sick, present, and you, the priest. Then Our Lady, for a longer while, was especially praying for the firm faith of priests, for perseverance of priests, and holiness of priests then our lady blessed us with her motherly blessing and blessed all of us i then recommended to her all of you your needs your intentions your families and in a special way all of you the priests who are present and the sick after that our lady continued for a while to pray over all of us and she left that in that prayer in an illuminated sign of the cross with a greeting Go in peace, my dear children.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. Unbelievable
1: to think that we were at a place where Mary came and prayed. Although I know she does that wherever she is and has all of us in our hearts, for somebody to be able to receive that and to be able to give that back to us in words is a true blessing.
0: Absolutely. So when you you felt called to go over there— and you said that, you know, you reached for those books. You were going through a difficult time and, and just looking for some strength and encouragement. What were you hoping to find when you went to Medjugorje?
1: One of my prayers was for my family. And I really was hoping that God would hear my prayers and know how much I want to dedicate myself to Him and just— be there for my family, be in the midst of us. That was my biggest hope.
0: And then when you got there, did you find what you were looking for? I feel like I didn't find it
1: there at that moment. But I feel like it continues to grow every day in my heart that I've been back. And I submit total peace. And I have joy in my heart, no matter what's happening around me. So, you know, when you look back at what Jesus prayed, you know, let this cup pass me. I don't want this part, but let your will be done. And that's where I am at. But let your will be done, God, no matter what happens. Just let your will be done. And I am at
0: peace with that. That's one of the things when I— gone to Metagori before, it's the sense of peace that you have when you're there. And because the way of life is so different than the way we live here, it's very much Christ-focused. It's all about going to Mass and confession, which is the reason that you're there. But the people in the village even live that life. Their life revolves around the church and their faith. And you know, every time I go and have that sense of peace, I always want to bring it back with me. That's what I want to bring back into my family and, and in my environment, that sense of peace. And, you know, we often you know, I wish I could stay here forever. But, you know, I think we're called to go over and see what it's like when your life is focused on Christ. Because we can bring it back into our lives where there's the uncertainty and the chaos and, you know, everything going on in the world. And that sense of peace is still available to us in the midst of our everyday life.
1: Absolutely. And that is what we need. We need that peace. And I know Mary wants us to be at peace. One of the quotes in the book that I absolutely love was that when they had their apparitions, they would look at Mary and say, you are so beautiful. How how are you so beautiful? And she would say, I'm beautiful because I love. If you want to be beautiful, then love. And that's what I bring back with me, is that I just want to love God's people, all of them.
0: Right. Well, and today the gospel reading was, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's what happens in Medjugorje, right? That's the message of Medjugorje is loving God with your whole entire being. So then you can love others with that same love.
1: And how do we bring that here? Because we need that here more than ever.
0: Now that you've come back, how do you magnify that love? What have you found yourself maybe doing differently than before you went? Well, I've never done a podcast before. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one.
1: I brought back gifts of the rosary for people that I felt like had really been part of this journey with me, and I wanted to include them in it. And it's just given me a chance to talk to them about the place, about Medjugorje. And about the blessings that are there and about how Catholicism is just so strong and amazing and beautiful. And people aren't like, Oh, it's Sunday. I've got to go to church, but it's, it's the church is open. There's a mass. Let's, let's go. And it was any day of the week. Such joy for celebrating Jesus. Right. And I just want to bring that back. I don't know how yet. I don't know when I'm going to be called to do just one day at a time. But here I am today
0: with you. Yes. Well, thank you for being with me. How are you keeping that Medjugorje fire going now that you're back in ordinary everyday life with, you know, things being thrown at you and problems coming up? How are you? staying grounded in that Metagory spirit. Well, I am trying to live the five stones, which— Will you tell us the five stones for people who may not know them? They're
1: praying the rosary with the heart every day. I am fasting. Mary calls us the second stone is fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays. I am reading the Bible and especially the Gospels and just letting my heart get filled with love as I read those. That is the third stone. The fourth one is frequent confession. And I want to be one of those people that goes at least once a month. Um, I think they feel like there may be more lines to the confessionals these days than I've seen in a long time. So we might need more priests to help us um, move that one further. But yeah, that frequent confession, um, it gets easier every time. And it also helps me concentrate on what I want to do differently going forward. Um, and then the last one is that participation in the Mass and the Eucharist. Um, and I'm doing that, too. And I've even been going um, twice a week since I've been back from Medjugorje. And I'm hoping those stones never leave me, but they will always
0: be my foundation of faith. Absolutely. So It's amazing. We could talk about Medjugorje for hours. As we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share? Um.
1: I really would um, recommend the book because not everybody's going to have an opportunity to travel. But the book brings you such great peace, and it is written from one of the visionaries, which is something that I was looking for, a firsthand source. I didn't want to hear from somebody else that had written about it from somebody else. I wanted to hear from the visionaries, and I wish more visionaries had their stories out there that I could read. I felt so blessed just reading that book. My heart will triumph. And, um, I just, I felt like she was so honest and it wasn't about her. It was about this journey that she had in her life and how she was persecuted in those early days and how it was so difficult with the place that she was living and being communist and how she just persevered and continued to do God's will and continued to meet with Mary. Day after day, month after month, year after year. And here we are so many years later
0: and she's still called to receive these apparitions. I had the same experience as you reading the book, just thinking about how courageous Mariana was and how much she loved the Blessed Mother and how much she loved Jesus to endure the persecution. I mean, It was cruel, some of the things that they experienced. And as I was reading the book, several times I had the thought, like, it would just be so much easier if she didn't do this. You know, her (laughs) life would have been simpler if she just said, you know what, forget it. This is too much trouble. But it was from that place of love that you're talking about that she endured and she suffered and she made sure that we received the messages day after day.
1: Yes, and it would have been easier on her family as well. All But that wasn't the choice she made. She she chose to take the journey that was going to get
0: her to heaven and get her closer to Mary and to Jesus. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for um, being with me today, for sharing your pilgrimage to Medjugorje. And I always like to ask as we wrap up, is there a way that we can pray for you? Sure. I can use all the prayers that anyone is willing to give
1: me and just pray that um, my heart will be like Jesus. Make my heart like Jesus.
0: Help me to love all of His beautiful people. Amen. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank You for the way that You love us, for the ways that You show up in the world, the way that You've been showing up in Medjugorje. We thank you, Mary, for coming back day after day after day to bring us messages from your Son. We thank you for pointing us in His direction. And Lord, we ask that you purify our hearts through the sacrament of reconciliation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you again, Michelle. You are so welcome. Thank you. All right, friends, until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbysean S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.